Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another installment of Ranwin Parked. This is episode... What is it, Kurt? Which episode do you think it is? 48. 34. It is episode 34, 34 of <laughs> Ranwin Parked. This time around, it is just myself and Kurt. ZK has some family obligations that he is currently taking care of. So uh, just the two of us here on Ranwin Parked. However, we do have a guest this week. There will be a guest spot at the end of the, the show. Um, I made myself incredibly nervous and have probably put myself to shame because I brought a real automotive journalist into here, which is... Whoa, uh, whoa, yeah. yeah. Let's not have delusions of grandeur now. <laughs> that, uh, it, didn't, it did not really even hit me until like I sat down to actually do the, the interview and I was like, oh, wait, this person's probably expecting... A professional on the other end of this line. <laughs> I don't know. He's he's been following for a while. He might. I think I think he understood. I think I think he knows us well enough, uh, and that's going to be Ant or Anthony Ingram, who we've known. I don't even know for how long he's kind of been around. At least your community, and then uh, as I did, I kind of like you know. I like stole some of your community. Like, hey, hey vampired away. You, you guys like cars. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, certainly we've gotten to know uh, Ant quite a bit over the years, and I was very interested to see what his take on on our show here was. So, look forward to that. I did. I did make my choices for today's show. I, I tried to find all European cars oh so he in the comments will have to let us know all the poor decisions and incorrect right. information we've diverged <laughs> as if as if we didn't constantly show that we know mm. nothing today <laughs> today will be a little extra all right well without further ado shall we ran when parked adieu is french now european you know I'm staying on theme here Mm -hmm. uh, my ad isn't really on theme with that, but it's very much so on theme with the show. Dog. Dog. Bingo. <laughs> yeah, if you had, if you had uh, dog on your, on your bingo square. Uh, this is a 1978 280Z with safety bumpers for only $1,500, and it's on the East Coast, which is bizarrely rare. <laughs> Restore or parts car, drivetrain good, engine transmission rear end, large dent in the driver door, and and there was actually no more description. They just ah. ended it at and. <laughs> <laughs> However, this was a mighty tempting thing to me because it was kind of nearby, and as you can tell, there's actually some body left on this car, which is highly unusual. True. However, they did not respond to their ad, luckily no. for me. <laughs> He actually followed through. And, yeah, oh, yeah. I th This doesn't happen over here. Like, these mm -hmm. kinds of cars, very, very hard to find. I'm not going to say it's perfect. Neither is the ad with pictures no. like this. Good-looking seat, I guess. <laughs> yes. I love this take on, like, engine and drivetrain is good. How do you know? Like, this thing hasn't been running so long that the spider webs are connecting it to the chassis. I really, yes. I really hope that these people aren't just like, man, I remember that car from my childhood. It ran great then. It must run good now. <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, this is a, it's a fuel-injected car. It looks like it's pretty much stock. This looks kind of what I would expect them to look like. Mm-hmm. And uh, it does have another ah, classic Z and a classic Randwin Park thing with the finger. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, that's like a, uh, I can see the thumbnail too. That, <laughs> thumbnail. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the floors are a little rotty, but like, honestly, at this point, anything that's old Japanese, I'm pretty much at the point of like, well, I guess I'm putting floors in it. Uh, and, and that's, that's his, that is what it is. But yeah, for 1500 bucks, this is a Randwin parked that I also would have made a mistake on because, mm -hmm. uh, Pretty good buy, and I bet you for a few grand, you could probably get this thing to be a, a showable car and a nice driver, and that's the kind of Z that I want. Yeah. I don't want there something been, that's very expensive. There have been a few of these. Yeah, you've been lately. <laughs> kind of tempted by them lately. Yeah, there was, there was the one that got away that made the last show, or the show mm, previous, I yeah. can't remember. Um, there was another one that was... Honestly, like it could have been in this condition. Maybe right. it was actually running and driving though. Um, for they're all two eighty Zs. Obviously, there's yeah. you can't find a two forty. And I'm kind worth. of of the opinion of I'd rather have a two eighty because even though it's not as uh, it's not as authentic, it's not it's not it's not the original. The original, right? It's also a better car generally. Like the 280 <laughs> yeah. is it's more modern. Sure it has the weird bumpers, but it has, you know, typically a 5-speed instead of a 4-speed. It's got fuel injection that's kind of dubious. Not everybody loves the fuel injection on them, but I'm a little bit more familiar and comfortable with that stuff. I don't know. And because they're less desirable, I would rather have one. <laughs> uh yeah. Uh, that's I'm hoping it's a trend. I'm hoping the, the phase yeah. of Z's just constantly inflating value is kind of coming to an end. And that might be because the 80s stuff is starting to catch real big now. Like Radwood mm. and things like that are starting to make the 80s and early 90s stuff more desirable. And maybe the generation that really loved the Z is starting to age to a point where, you know, they're not really fixing up cars anymore. Who knows? But... My market analysis is buy a Z. <laughs> <laughs> and then sell it back to us for cheaper than you bought it. Please. That's <laughs> <laughs> the only way. What have you found in the world of a Randwin Parked? I have found a 1961 Singer Gazelle convertible. <laughs> sure you have. <laughs> I have. I guess I have. Anyway, for $200. I'm pretty sure that's a sewing machine. <laughs> that is the sewing machine company. Uh, Singer Gazelle. All original. Hasn't ran in over six years. Very little rust. I like um, that. Over six years. They're not lying. <laughs> yeah, it could be six years. It could be 36 years. Um, yeah, Singer is the same company that made the sewing machines. Really? Yes, huh. and uh, they were British manufacturer. Uh, That's yeah, all I guess we know. This, was their, <laughs> this, this is all we know. Uh, based on the Wikipedia, <laughs> basically a their mid-range model. Um, what year was this again? The 60... 61. 61. 95% complete. Does that mean that, like... 
five yeah, percent of this car means. is the is the like convertible top, <laughs> <laughs> and we're also missing a a headlight shroud. So I guess I guess oh and a tail light. I don't know. Mm. These percentages are adding up pretty quick. <laughs> this is true. It's um, it's kind of plain. Pretty plain. Kind of. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. but pretty like British in that regard. True. I guess it's it seems like a a fancier looking sign, kind of like mini or uh, yeah, something like that. The uh, the sixteen hundred cc engine produced a whopping fifty three horsepower. Oh, watch out! Front wheel drive. Um, rear wheel drive. <laughs> <laughs> it's got to be rear wheel drive. I don't know. It depends on like if they were parked sharing. Like, is it a is it a mini front end? Is it an MG drivetrain? Who knows? Right. That's, and they brought them here, huh? Like, like because it's left hand drive. Right. I guess. I guess they must have been brought here. Um, uh, wow. Yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> I got nothing either. Take it away, Ant. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, so yeah, this, this is something I've never seen before. Um, that, that's getting and... harder to do these days, but uh, mm, you've done it. You have done mm -hmm. it. I, the grill doesn't... Everything about the front end of this car is if somebody had designed a car in 1961 to mimic what would happen in 2020. Because right. everything on the front end is fake. Like, this grill is over top of what is just a hole in the body. Like, this isn't even integrated into the body. These that are does, That looks like that might be part of the 5%, because all of these pictures I'm seeing of, like, the restored and, like, original ones have just, like, a vertical uh, grill, chrome oh, grill. I see. So whatever that chicken wire is in there is... <laughs> added. Not original. <laughs> the uh, Yeah, these these are just, like, chrome accent pieces that don't really do anything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's. I hate to say it, but it it just it feels very utility. Like it feels very appliancey. Yeah. So I'm curious to hear from people that know something about these to tell us how wrong I am. <laughs> <laughs> I love nothing. Well, they were more. originally a bicycle manufacturer, before then also making so, apparently vehicles and then sewing machines. Bicycles, vehicles, sewing machines. You don't see that much anymore. You don't see a lot of <laughs> a lot of bicycle automotive sewing machine companies. Not so much. Well, yeah, that, that's one that I I look forward to being uh, clued in. <laughs> well spotted, I would say. Well spotted. Mm -hmm. Was there a dollar on that? Uh, twenty two hundred. They must not be anything terribly desirable then. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Uh, so strange. So strange. You get the weirdest stuff up there. I don't. I don't know. And like that one doesn't even make any sense. Like I get the the Japanese stuff over there because like quote unquote you're closer and like stuff right, got yeah, imported from the, over there. The port of import, yeah. But British, like you couldn't be any further now. Mm. Super strange. And strange things. My mistake this week, Kurt. Oh. I, I don't know if you're prepared for this one. Uh oh. It's very weird. It's very weird, especially for me. 
It's a white page. Ooh. Look at it, Kurt. Nothing. Nothingness. Windows? Windows, you want to show me the image? Spooky, spooky ghost. Yep. Windows is a great fantastic operating software. Here we go. Ooh. 1979 Toyota Corolla. In a very attractive color, I might say. I don't know if you would agree. It's kind of a, I don't know, it feels like one of those colors that would be extremely hit or miss because it's almost like a metallic cream soda. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like uh, almost brown, but not brown enough. And... It's almost gold, but it's a little too, like, orange to be gold. Right. It's Yeah, it's a confusing color, but I like it. I do like it on this car, and it's a very beautifully like restored looking car this mm -hmm. whole skinny's on the front fatty's on the rear thing on corollas i that is a loud motorcycle i do not understand like why that's so common on these did you, you notice <laughs> that as well over there right yeah i don't know because that's to emphasize that it's rear wheel drive Ooh. okay i don't know <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the weird thing of this one, of course, you've probably seen by now, and if you're watching, it's a full electric car. This car has been converted to electric power. So it's, uh, its current rated power is 120 horsepower and 173 foot-pounds of torque, mm. which is better than stock by a good bit. True. Uh, <laughs> and this car is actually, like a lot of these that we see are just very bad, like very very backyard and look like a fire hazard but this thing is super well done but not like it, it it's not like it's a super you know modern it's not a tesla <laughs> right it's still <laughs> old school technology but i mean if you look back here this is the battery bank it's all secured it's all new looking nothing back here just goes instantly in my mind of like well that's a fire <laughs> Those are all mismatched batteries, and right. Uh, this is the the engine compartment and this stuff. I oh mean, my. it is very much so a setup that is custom made, but it again looks very cleanly done. Mm -hmm. The car itself is in in very nice condition. Look at that interior. That is a very nice interior and an uncracked dash, or at least dash cap. Oh, cap. Uh, no center console though. I'm well. No, it does have the handbrake cover. So oh, it even does. That I would, yeah, I would be happy with. <laughs> it's not very far, Kurt. You want me to go steal it? Go for a yeah. test drive. <laughs> um, interestingly, it's uh, the electric motor is bolted to the transmission, so it still operates as a manual transmission if you wanted to. Which I'm very, very curious how that would operate. <laughs> uh, it's, the dash is a little tacky mm. but but at least it's like cleanly done but i'm not a big fan of right yeah it doesn't it doesn't look right in the car but other than that it's it's very well done and i think it would make an amazing car to rip all of that electric stuff out of there and put a real engine back <laughs> in <laughs> true very true just and because it has... it's super nice yeah it is very very nice um that that front grill yeah, I got, I got one of those grills, but even this guy, nobody has that center uh, emblem 
he has the plastic for it, oh, but I see. there's supposed to be like a little blue uh, Corolla right. crown in crown there. Thing. and that's why I, I see them on eBay, but they're asking for like $150 for these little plastic oh boy. four inch long center emblems. And I'm like, nope. <laughs> nope, thank you. I'll just go without, thank you. Hmm. But they did, they do have the uh, the stainless trim around the uh, this the, the, the windshield. Oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Does yours have this hood piece too? No, that's no? the that's the '79 design. Oh, I see, I see. Because then that kind of goes with that that grill there, right? Huh. It's weird how many different front ends these Corollas had. Like, yeah, I know. And they the, didn't. And hood designs, they yeah. didn't last very long. Like, they did so many changes year to year, and then the rest of the car is pretty much the same. Like, they didn't mm -hmm. really do much advancing with the car. They were just like, all right, we gotta we gotta switch this up. Let's change the whole front end sheet metal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, before you had your Corolla, I never had any interest in Corollas, but now I find myself finding them. They're simply attractive. Like they're, it's a very nice basic design. It's it's automobile. 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 And I never see them <laughs> over here. And to see one over here in this nice shape, even if it is electric boogie woogie woogie, it's still pretty cool. <laughs> Uh, and yeah, it is very nicely done. I, I mm -hmm. applaud them for even their the electric conversion is is super nice. Yeah. Good work, somebody. Well done. Let's see this. Oh, Kurt, I can tell already this is not going to be super well done. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, this was originally, I think I was going to use this for a mild, but uh, I'm like, I would make this mistake. The problem with this is that it's some uh car auction so who knows what they're actually wanting from oh, it oh yeah um but this is a 19 well it's listed as a 1974 but apparently it's a 1976 lotus elite or is it supposed to be elise elise is later it's an elite oh okay um but yeah this is the weird extended hatchback shooting brake uh lotus um and it's just a very weird neat car this one is not looking too hot well <laughs> as far as its condition is concerned yeah. yeah and and it says in the ad very few survived and it's like oh this one barely did You're right like if 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 it did at all rare model of the james bond era mm, you could turn it into a submarine <laughs> lucky collector car auction you yeah, want to be I, a lucky collector i don't it's really <laughs> annoying because they put all like below the scroll here they put all like every, every car yeah. in their tag so it all all these car auction cars always come up in all of my searches i report every one of those ads too. <laughs> oh well yeah i don't have the time <laughs> that i mean it reminds me of the um well, I don't know my Lotus names well enough, but there's another, there's a, there's like a, uh, it almost looks kind of like a TR7 with that weird notchback thing. Oh, right, yeah. Of this era as well. Boy, they are just super weird, though. Mm -hmm. Oh, that, I was trying to figure out what was going on with the front bumper, and there's like three quarters of it missing. Right, yeah. It's, the, it's all foam. It's made out of. The whole yeah. thing is foam. <laughs> so, Orange I mean, foam. you're like three cans of great stuff away from having a front bumper again. <laughs> 
oh, that gets weirder when you keep looking yeah, at it. Yeah, it, mm-hmm. it like it like bumps up again on the back. Yeah, it's got like a little almost like integrated looking spoiler swoop in the back. It's so weird that this design just never really caught on, isn't it? Yeah, that everybody and the tried Volvo. it. Everybody yeah. tried this like shooting brake ish design, and very very few made it look right. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. Yeah. Ew. Ew. It looks like it's got some life going on on the inside. Ew. It's yeah. spewier. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually a nicer. I mean, if you look, if you look beyond the mold, it's mm-hmm. a nicer looking interior than I'm used to seeing in 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 low tie. Mm-hmm. Like the design of it is actually pretty cool. The the dash mounted rear view mirror is questionable in a car that has a hatchback <laughs> eh, don't worry about it <laughs> they couldn't get the glue to stick to the windshield yeah look at those back seats i know they're like you're reclined you don't need if you got a family you don't need car seats they're built in <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is a nice collection of water <laughs> mm-hmm. Ooh. Yeah, just like the padding around the floor there is all, and whatever is billowing down in the ceiling. Lot of work in fixing this thing up. Yes. A lot of custom work. Like, mm-hmm. everything's going to have to be handmade. The most generic handles on the doors you could find. Right. Yeah, it's that weird mix of super custom stuff and then parts bin stuff. Yeah. I like the wheels. The wheels are neat. Wheels are neat. You know it's a bad sign when you have to start looking for things you like. Like, mm, but I like... <laughs> the wheels are a neat design. It's almost not bad from this angle, but I also <laughs> feel like if you put headlights here, you could really mess with somebody's brain. <laughs> Very true. Hmm. Hmm. Elite. Hmm. elite. It's elite. If they say so. Yeah, I've never seen I've never seen this particular Lotus before. I, I'm I'm sure I've seen I think I've seen one like super nice on Bring a Trailer or something, but never this quality. <laughs> I guess I'm confused as to exactly what market these were even for. Like, is it is it sports car? Is it luxury car? Is it like a cruiser GT car? I have no idea what they were trying to accomplish. Oh, it's a fiberglass body, too. It is a fiberglass body. I could tell. Yeah. By the. Oh, yeah. Real problem. Oh, yeah. I mean, they don't. (laughs) The outside of it doesn't rust, which is nice. Right, right. But yeah, fiberglass certainly has its own set of challenges. Huh. Things that make you go, huh. Mm-hmm. That's a mistake that that could put you in debt for rest of your life. <laughs> Very true. <laughs> but somebody that somebody that's into restoring those kinds of things will probably pick this up and uh, then sell it for six figures because it's something super amazing that we just don't realize, or maybe not. <laughs> we just don't know. I I like this theme, Kurt. I like this theme of of. Picking cars for the guest who's not here right now, 
to fill in the blank later. It, this is basically a quiz. <laughs> yes, this is, it, it really just uh, no, weight off my shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's make things mild. My mild is a touch wild, <laughs> it's, but it's it also like not interesting to me. <laughs> Mm. These are extremely interesting cars to many people, but but n never really found its way into into my heart. It is a 1990 Nissan Pulsar GTI-R uh, that this owner has dubbed the SRZilla, which rolls right off the tongue and is yeah. a great name. <laughs> <laughs> um, my understanding is the Pulsar GTI-Rs, it's... SR powered like a like a S13, but front wheel drive based, so it's transaxle, but it's all wheel drive. I think they were kind of like homologation rally car type of deal, which I mean that hood scoop pretty much gave it away. Which I think yeah that the hood, hood scoop hood vents yeah all of that is all like factory. The big wing on the back is not the fender flares <laughs> are not the front mount intercooler cut into the bumper is not. The thing that's mildly interesting for me with cars like this is the idea of hunting down these these kind of rare homologation cars and, and importing them over here and then kind of changing them up into something completely different. Just I don't I don't I don't think I understand the logic because if you wanted to do that with a car why not start with something that, that, that already exists here? Like, if you're going to make something that is completely unique, why not start with something that's already here and available instead of just buying this? And it probably would have been just as unique if it was original. Right. But now, I, I almost feel like it's less unique now. Now it almost blends in more just into, oh, it's one of those tuner cars. Right, yeah, yeah. Oh, his wheel comes off. Yay. <laughs> many, many, many photos of it, like, at car shows and car meets and this wing, though. Oh, godness. Yeah. <laughs> mm, oh, I just now noticed those, the, like, red plexiglass on the sides. I don't know why my brain was blocking those out before. I think that's a, that's a pain response, Kurt. I think your brain was shielding mm. you. <laughs> you think? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's mildly interesting that some that, that this is here in this form to me. Uh, but really the most mildly interesting thing is this car has a built-in umbrella holder. On well, purpose? On purpose. <laughs> or... This is a factory option. Like, hold on. That's that's legit. Oh. Yeah. Like that's I've bamboozled you. This was actually <laughs> the mildly interesting thing on this whole car. Get Doug Jamiro <laughs> on the case. This is High tier quirks and features on a pulsar, like on a homologation rally car special. You've also got a built-in umbrella, <laughs> mm, just like a a, a a Rolls Royce. Rolls, yeah. Very, very <laughs> chauffeur's car, didn't you know? <laughs> very, very strange. SR, you're going the wrong way. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this car is like absurd amounts of money too. Sixteen sixteen thousand dollars. That is absolutely absurd. 
no thank you. I'll go drill a hole in my car and put an umbrella in it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll be honest. The umbrella was the only, that was the only stick to this one. So we've seen it. We laughed. We moved on. Mild us. I will mildly interest you with a 1958 Renault 4 CV. Nope, Kurt, I'm more than mild. <laughs> oh, man. Um, I should have switched around the Lotus and the right. Um, a, a charming 50s micro car was the French response to the Volkswagen Beetle. Uh, it is a 750cc water cooled, though, rear engine, uh, three speed. Uh, oh, I didn't even notice that. The front doors are suicide doors. They are. Why? I don't know why. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know the purpose of that. Easy, well, that, I don't know if that'd be easier to get in and out of or not. Maybe because of that big kind of fender flare. Maybe. It'd be weird to make a door that opens that way. Hmm. Well, lots of information. Lots of information. Lots this one information. in particular looks in good shape. Certainly does. Not many pictures of what is a particularly rare car. Mm-hmm. Very a... interesting windshield wipers. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that a horn on the front? Like, what are we looking at on the front here? Uh, I imagine that's a horn. Meep, meep. <laughs> I like this. Like, the, the what I assume is radiator intakes on the fender. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's cold, so yeah. pretty cool. The back doors open regular and the front doors open suicide. That what? What <laughs> happens when you open both of them? <laughs> what a weird nugget. What a strange nugget. Thank you for showing us that the lights work and mm -hmm. that you have to move it around on dollies most of the time. <laughs> In this picture, does it not look like center driven? Like the steering wheel is in the center. <laughs> oh, right. Okay. I was like center driven. What are we looking at here? The frunk. Oh, that's the frunk. Okay. I was hoping that wasn't engine bay. No. <laughs> Look at this that tiny little shifter. Break it. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I bent it again. It does have a kink in it. Like... <laughs> <laughs> and the little tiny uh, brake and clutch pedals. Oh, little... yeah. Pucks. Yeah, it's just adorable. <laughs> Very plush, though. Very mm -hmm. plush seating. Oh, no more pictures. I want to see the doors open. <laughs> I know. They were... Uh... That's like, that's how they get you in to look at it. They're like, don't don't right. show it with the doors open. We need them to come look at it to see yes. the doors <laughs> open. Once they see these doors open, they they will give us Sold. all of their money. That is a that is a more than mild nugget four mm. CV. So not a two CV, four CV. Mm-hmm. But why? <laughs> a mini competitor, or no, a beetle competitor. A beetle competitor. Well, I think probably because rear engine. I guess, but it's pretty chunky. Although we say that, but we're not we're not seeing it yeah, next to anything, so it could be like that could be small. that could be a six foot tall door over there for all we know. <laughs> True, yeah, this could be hip height. And then, yeah, there is a there is one of those real super generic looking Subarus behind it that, even though it's in the background, it's 
It looks quite large. Hmm. Yeah, that, that's um, that's pretty interesting. Again, uh, fill in the blank. Tell us all about it, Ant, and uh, we look forward to, <laughs> to reading what you have to say. Hey, the windshield wipers aren't on in this picture. I guess they've been working on it. Hmm. It could be one of those cars that somebody got purely to restore. Like the only fun that they had with it was restoring it, and then right, after yeah, that, it's like, like, "Well, I'm done. What are we gonna do with this thing? <laughs> you can't drive this thing." <laughs> uh, oh, that's the one. The one you've probably seen most often is the beach wagon that has the wicker seats. This is the same car. Apparently. Really? Huh. Hmm. That would be the four CV. Uh, beach wagon. I'm just looking at like all the different variants on Wikipedia. I'm looking at this light on the back and trying to figure out what's going on here. It's like a looks like a nautical light. <laughs> nautical light. Uh, just be a turn signal. You could see it from the front too, kind of. <laughs> yeah, from the front, from the side. So advanced. So advanced. What a nugget. Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying this, Kurt. You've you've enthralled <laughs> me with this theme. <laughs> My theme that I didn't share beforehand. Hey, that's the best way to do it, I've always thought. <laughs> <laughs> All right, it is time to move on to the best ad of the week, and that means that we have to review last week's winners. Last week we had Kurt's um, green tea Volkswagen. Isn't it green tea? Mm -hmm. Isn't that their green tea? Uh, or yeah. Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Green tea, I guess, is their the, the popular one. Yeah, the flowery wallpaper truck. Uh, ZK had the stallion. <laughs> yes, the Mustang, Mustang trike thing. Three-wheeled trike that somehow had a four-cylinder engine between your legs. And I had my very pointy-nosed lad. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I think we did about as good as we've ever done on finding three completely different things to vote for. And the winner is... Me! Oh, by a narrow margin. 102 votes over ZK with 94 votes. Kurt, apparently people want sweet tea. They don't want green tea. Ah, I see, I see. Yeah. You gotta get a work on that. I would agree with them. <laughs> Green tea is weird. Uh, <laughs> 224 votes overall, even though YouTube tried to delete the poll because ZK posted it and they considered him a spammer. Um, so thank you, everybody. For well, that's why he's banned from the show and he's yeah. not here this week. Yep, that's it. So uh, this time around, it's going to be, I think, the first time that I can remember that it's it's just two of us in the best of. I don't... I can't Head remember. to head. Yeah. I don't know that this has happened before. I'm nervous. <laughs> I don't have somebody to lean on to steal votes. <laughs> and... No third-party candidate. <laughs> right. Uh, too real. The, <laughs> the choice for me this week was obvious. It is a 2005 Mazda RX-8. Somehow turned into something that is probably less reliable than a 2005 Mazda RX-8. It is a 1981 Datsun framed, 411 Dodge rear-ended, Ford 302 <laughs> V8 powered RX-8 off-road tr truck-ish 
thing? Off-road only could maybe street legal title in hand. L Eagle. L Eagle runs, drives, but barely but stops. Barely stops. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's why they got the two by four holding it. Right. Needs it needs a break. It doesn't need brake work, it just needs a break. Uh yeah. There mm. you go. Excellent job on finding the wheelbase for it. Not that it matters when the wheels don't even come near the body. True. And uh, I guess this is what you do when your RX-8 blows up. <laughs> yeah. I was about to say why, but I guess that's why. Yeah. like there, I, I have to admit, I recently went on an RX-8 expedition because mm. I, I kind of considered the idea of getting one because I thought, surely they must be cheap by now. Turns out they are cheap. But only ones with blown up engines are cheap. Ah, For some reason, the ones that are still running but waiting to blow up, they still want like over $6,000 for them, which is very weird. It's like, I don't know, I guess it's, you could buy a grenade that's already exploded pretty cheap, but to buy a live grenade is more expensive. Ah. <laughs> that, is, that is quite the analogy. <laughs> that's my opinion of the RX-8. Yeah, this is, this is just, this is some good old Southern ingenuity right here. Mm -hmm. That is uh, pretty good. Please. This picture is very concerning. I don't know what's holding the front end on beyond that one. I don't even know what that is. Torsion bar or something. Yeah, that's, yeah, everything about, like, just imagine, <sighs> just imagine how the body is attached to, like, you know, right. they just like set the body down on there grabbed a stick welder and, and went to town <laughs> got got a package of zip ties and they were set real special real <laughs> special what is uh, what is that in the keys it looks like a binder clip holder it does or it's just they bypass the ignition <laughs> yeah something like that oh boy oh boy well, please don't pay six thousand dollars for that if you're out there no, and you were tempted. <laughs> please do not. <laughs> and Kurt's competitor. I'm really glad you chose that cone. That's amazing. <laughs> it's very amazing. Uh, I went away from my uh, European theme. No, this uh, is perfectly this European themed. Oh, okay. Uh, I found a 1967 Ford Galaxy 500. A pretty cool car. But this one is now a mud bogger. Mud a mud bogger. bogger. Now, is it that really a 390? Is... <laughs> I don't know. I have to go measure it. 390 with Elbrock intake and a C6 trans. It's on the stock frame with a custom subframe. A Dana 70 rear, 60 front with 588 gears. I don't know what any of these numbers mean. That's, that's some, those are rock crawling gears there. <laughs> Mm. Flipped deuce and a half wheels. What? Chevy 56 inch springs up front. <laughs> All right. Ant, you're off the hook on this one. I need to know yeah. <laughs> what what man-sized 205 divorced transfer case means. <laughs> that man-sized. <laughs> that I need explanation of. <laughs> it's really not bad looking <laughs> like true it's it's the front gets a little weird but uh right it's got like double bumpers and 
It doesn't yeah. look as unsettling as the bodies that are just dropped on another vehicle's frame. Right, like but, on a truck frame. Right? right, it looks more integrated than that. Uh, it still doesn't look right. <laughs> I'm still not happy somebody's done this. <laughs> right. Mudbogger. Is mudbogging really a thing you do out there very much? I don't know. Perhaps out east. Uh, there's just to let you know how big the wheels are. Thanks. That, that's, that is a shame because that looked like it was a really nice car. <laughs> yeah, it did. And that's, that is a shame. <laughs> Uh, a, a damn shame. Interior's really nice. Yeah, the interior is very nice. <laughs> it's got a, it's got quote unquote a 390 with, you know, it's, it's, everything about this looks like a car that was was primed to be restored and 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 used. Sure, it's a sedan. Not everybody likes sedans, but I think of the sedans of the era, the Galaxy is one of the nicer looking ones. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It looks very natural as a sedan. That's uh. Well, that's just a dang old shame. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but if you ever wanted to go mud bogging, you didn't want to be in a generic Ford pick-em-up truck, we got the thing for you. Those don't even yeah. look like mud bogging tires, do they? They just... No, they just look like tractor tires yeah. or something. I don't know nearly enough about <laughs> that kind of thing. These wheels, I've just realized, are unsettling. The wheels. These are the lug holes on these wheels, Kurt. Ah. <laughs> They've drilled them on the very inside of the hub to match the right lug pattern. And that looks ready to go. Also, probably need some brake work. <laughs> <laughs> Just like that RX-8. Uh, yeah. Oh, there's multiple. Mm -hmm. Well, they don't want it rolling backwards into their house. Right, right. <laughs> oh, that's that scares me. <laughs> not that you not that. that you would ever drive this thing over twenty miles an hour, but still. Hmm. So we got uh, we got. That's pretty funny. Your choice is mud mudbogger RX eight or mudbogger Ford Galaxy. I gotta say the Galaxy's done better. Like, this seems... Ish. <laughs> Once we, upon further inspection of the wheels... It's still done better. Like, it, it looks <laughs> like you could make this into the thing. Uh, I don't know if you could undo it very easily, as much as I would want to, but... The uh, the RX-8 just looks like pure death trap. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, uh, the choice is yours. <laughs> the choice is yours. You must make a choice. <laughs> And I like that they're both like the same price too. Oh, <laughs> uh, that's that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Synergy. <laughs> All right, everybody, make sure you uh, you get your vote in, and make sure you yell at me if I hadn't posted the the straw poll in the comments. I know you all like to yell at me either way. Uh, it is it is time to get to our guest segment of the show for the week. I didn't have time to prepare it so that Kurt could watch it along and, you know, kind of react to it. So he's going to react to it with all of you. Right? Yeah. Ooh, this is my reacting face. Ah, yeah. Ooh. I didn't know that. <laughs> what a professional journalist. <laughs> uh, Kurt reacts. So that is, that is it for <laughs> our portion of the show. We will now go to 
the guest segment. But uh, I will see you next time on Randwin Parked Kurt. And uh, hopefully we can get mm -hmm. ZK back here to, I don't know, rein in this this weird synergy that we have going on here. I'm not comfortable <laughs> with that. Too, too, too weird. Too weird. It's too weird. Okay, everybody. This week we have ourselves another guest ad spotter, as I have declared them to be on the show. And this week I've decided to make us look like fools by bringing an actual automotive journalist here. Anthony Ingram, welcome. Thank you for joining. Hello, thank you for inviting me. And I would say recently unemployed automotive journalist, so I might not be quite as smart as you're making me sound. Well, I mean, I was just trying to, I didn't want to like shoot for the stars here. I wanted to make sure that you didn't like completely demolish us with with knowledge and insight and and probably far greater taste than we have in in our cars but uh you you reside from another part of the world that we don't typically see uh see ads from yeah well i tried to try to pick something fairly esoteric um as, as far as the cars go but there's there's a couple of i mean a, a bit like Kaz last week we have the similar issue that the, the the phrase round when parked isn't really something we say over here. So I was searching through all our, our kind of unique terms, which uh, might find the kind of absolute trash, which you guys manage to find on a weekly basis. Two things. Esoteric? Come on. You got you to gotta lower your standards here. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to demolish me. Uh, and yeah, that is interesting that Randwin Park seems to be such an American thing. I did not expect that that would be the case. And also, where in the world, uh, in Carmen, San Diego, are you? For for those that might not uh, know, I'm in the UK. I'm in the UK. So um, so yeah, we have a we have a, a unique uh, car market where everything's really really cheap. It seems. I mean, you, compared certainly compared to the states, uh, it's possible to find. Some really interesting stuff for a lot, not a lot of money, uh, because uh, I know our fuel costs and insurance costs and tax and stuff are so high that used stuff is instantly worthless. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, I hadn't considered that that the actual vehicles themselves are the the cheaper part. So, if the vehicles were were expensive, nobody would buy anything new ever, right? <laughs> it would just be you would just be forever stuck with what you had. Yeah, and of course, there's the the, the dreaded MOT, which kind of is reasonably strict kind of inspection so if a car doesn't pass that again it just chops value from it uh, right pretty pretty harshly so it's so bizarre over here because some states do stuff like that and then others don't and then there's some that just do emissions there's some that do safety and then there's you know florida that is florida um <laughs> it's uh it's it's pretty bizarre talking to anybody from basically any other country because it's it's so much more regulated, the cars that you're driving, doing custom cars even. I don't know if it's quite like Australia in the UK where, you know, modifications are very frowned upon or not. Uh, thankfully, it's not quite that strict. Uh, there is there is some kind of system. So the sort of stuff you'd see on like roadkill would never would never pass here. <laughs> but, um, you can do quite a lot to cars and it's not as strict as Germany either. So oh, that's good. I mean, you, it's good, you, you but can... it is what it is too. Like. Yeah. People in Germany, I don't think are as they don't see the same way that we do of like, oh, we have to modify our cars. What do you mean we can't modify our cars? Yeah, you can you can put 
pretty much most parts on a car here without people being too irritated by it. And there's lots of little loopholes and stuff which people can exploit. But um, yeah, generally it's not too bad with modification here. But it is just it's it's kind of a cost thing, I suppose. Um, it, as well as cars being cheaper, parts certainly seem a bit more expensive here than they are in the states. So. Well, speaking of cars, I've decided yes. that uh, part of our part of our having guests on here is we need to see the mistakes that you've already made. So, what kind of car do you drive currently? I have a 1998 uh, Peugeot 106 Rally, uh, which is well, very generally, it's well, it's French for a start. <laughs> um, it's a hot hatchback, uh, which I know obviously isn't too big a thing in the states, apart from a few different models, but is absolutely massive in Europe. Um, but my car is not absolutely massive. It's very small indeed. Um, and that's kind of what I like about it because it's tiny and it weighs very little. This guy's a writer. <laughs> <laughs> it is not a car that is particularly for sale here, but this style of car is suddenly becoming very desirable over here, I notice. Like people are starting to try to find the versions of this car that we got over here, but we have nothing like this. I don't think we have barely any Peugeot, Peugeot, however you want to say it, over here at all. No, which is strange, because I would have thought there'd be at least some people importing, like, uh, Peugeot's probably best known hot hatch-wise for the 205 GTI, which is kind of mid-80s. And so obviously those have been eligible for import for ages. And the the because this my my 106 rally is a second generation car which came out in about 98 97 um and there was a first gen car yeah exactly it's brilliant <laughs> it does that a lot um but yeah the, the first gen rally came out in 1994 i think um and they're a homologation special so I they were designed for for rallying love me a homologation special like there's nothing better than a car that exists only to justify a race car <laughs> That's just yeah, that's I mean, the perfect situation. It's got very little equipment, like um, manual steering, no electric windows, um, manual gearbox, obviously, just no electronics whatsoever. Um, so it's it's pretty back to basics. Is this a, a modern and version of it? Kind of, yeah. It was a test we did recently. Um, but uh, it was my first kind of opportunity to really hoon around on the circuit in this thing. So it was a lot of fun, <laughs> as, as you can probably imagine. Is Lots of overstep. Is there handbrake being used here or what? What's... Nope. No? That is just slide... purely lift off oversteer. Yeah. <laughs> slightly, slightly damp track, just a bit of a lift and a bit of a bit of a tip into the corner. And it goes sideways very easily. One of my favorite cars in, in Dirt Rally is the kit car Peugeot. And yeah. for basically that reason, where if you if you are going into a turn, you steer by lifting off the gas, and I love that feeling. Yeah, and it's I mean the tires on this thing are like one seven five section or something; they're pretty narrow, um, uh, and and so it's actually kind of really easy to to play around with it a bit, and and not particularly high speeds as well, which is again something I quite like because. You can't do particularly high speeds in the UK, so something that's fun at low speeds is always always preferable. I suppose that is another vast difference is, well, I mean, I guess things are a little bit more cramped there. For one, you don't have a bunch of this random open country like we do over here or even in Germany where, you know, you might be able to stretch your legs out to hundreds of miles an hour on occasion. Uh, it seems yeah. like things over there, it's, it's, you have a lot of those like 
kind of country back roads versus open stretching highway yeah a lot of country back roads and a, a lot of speed cameras in any area that you might be able to get a decent bit of pace up so <laughs> um yeah it's it's something that's enjoyable at like 30 miles an hour is perfect right uh, yeah. and the mx5 next to it the the unos roadster next to it is uh was mine until last year i think you mean miata <laughs> I, I thought i'd go through all the names for it that weren't the american one. <laughs> that's uh yeah i've had a lot of i'll call them run-ins with the na mx5 and it's mm. it's such a it's it's a car that is a little bit of everything and I've I've kind of experienced them in in basically every way as far as streetcar as far as autocrossing them as far as you know I worked on a spec Miata team that had an NA Miata there's just mm. something that's so simple about it that if you just kind of looked at it for what it is with zero context there's really nothing remarkable about it and that's almost kind of what makes it remarkable as as close as I'm going to get to a writer but uh it's it's so interesting how many people in the automotive journalism world kind of gravitate towards them in the end. Yeah, they're kind of like a, a bit of a baseline, like a like a kind of a, a reset button on on anything you might be driving at the time. And the Peugeot's the same. I mean, actually, the the my Miata had more equipment than the Peugeot does, and it weighs the the Peugeot is about two hundred pounds lighter than the uh, MX Five was as well. Like that's how how back to basics it is. Um, with steel wheels and, I, and all yeah and i all almost everything i've ever owned has been below a metric ton so 2200 pounds um i just like lightweight cars with with apparently no safety features and <laughs> any of that sort of stuff who needs it i mean no safety features there's there's a complete death trap at the end down there yeah and it, as you can see from that photograph as well um i took this photo shortly after it had boiled over and has left a, a <laughs> a little line of coolant on the on the floor so <laughs> nice nice yeah the caterums are fantastic um i will probably own one of those at some stage not too much of a thing over here there's there's kits there's certainly not very much in the way of originals or anything like that but in the autocross world they're they're somewhat common to do the kit versions of them but certainly not i i feel like that's probably not something that people snap their neck to look at over there but over here would be quite bizarre yeah and they're quite expensive as well which i guess doesn't help um right. but yeah it, it's for autocrosses it's it's going to be pretty op to be honest <laughs> they're also that, that... very snappy though every time i've ever seen one being driven they're they're very fast but they're also very ready to spin out <laughs> yeah i'm the they're so so different from just any other road car really like the steering's super quick and they've got loads of grip but being uh, front engine and having quite skinny tires yeah like they, they will understeer so i guess you've got to drive them in a certain way particularly on autocross to... any other uh, important cars in your uh, automotive history or do you do a lot of cycling through uh i mean i've i've been driving since 2003 and i've only had eight cars i think so not I don't change stuff too regularly. I've had two two Miatas in the past, a um, couple of different small hot hatches, um, an old Beetle. I've been driving since 2004, and I've had seven 240s. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So yeah, I don't I don't change that much to be honest. 
but do you do a lot of eyeballing different cars for sale like that's that's kind of what inspired the show is right i do a lot of that yeah the the dreaming <laughs> well good that means you'll be uh a good ad spotter so you already said that you don't really think <laughs> ran when parked is a term over there what what kind of terms did you maybe find that were similar uh, I went for, there's a few. One of them is SORN, S-O-R-N, which is uh, statutory off-road notification, which is basically what you do in the UK when you don't want to tax something and don't want to drive it. So um, it's like legally ran when parked. <laughs> yeah, basically. So there's that, which I didn't actually use that term to find any of these. But uh, yeah, there's, so there's SORN, there's uh, Project, obviously, which is, is pretty good, and uh, Barn Find, which is obviously equally massively uh, kind of overused, overused here as it is and where you, so, you intentionally like oh i didn't watch this for a week i'm gonna leave it in the yard for a little while and then put it in the shed and be like barn find yeah well one of the ones i found was it said what was it one of the ones i didn't pick um said something like open barn and i was thinking is that not just outside <laughs> <laughs> it's not really a barn if it's not got a roof, is it? So, um, but yeah, I, I think I think the ones I eventually chose are they're suitable. Alrighty, let's see what you got here for Randman Parked. Yeah, I couldn't tell you what it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not going to lie. I know very little about these at all. I know those are the best ones. Yeah, uh, Reliant obviously is the company most people know for the Robin, which is that daft little three-wheeler thing, which you could drive on a motorcycle license in the UK until like 2001 or something. Um, this is a, a much earlier predecessor of it. Um, and, and so I know even less about these, but, uh, <laughs> you know, three wheels, um, completely ridiculous uh, and looking quite sorry for itself. It's a great project, though. Uh, well, they say so. <laughs> is it fiberglass? Is it looks very fiberglassy? I think they are. I think it's one of these. It's like a really you've got a really basic kind of frame chassis sort of thing, and and a, a fiberglass body on top. I mean, the the Robin in the UK has the nickname the Plastic Pig oh. um, for for exactly this reason. I think Reliant has always just made stuff like a lot of the small kind of UK car builders, just oh yeah, I mean, basic. It's chassis and then right. plastic body the cost of making a fiberglass mold versus making you know sheet metal forms is is a big difference there so if you're going to make not many of something fiberglass was and still kind of is the way to go yeah um so love, yeah here we've got the of this description <laughs> it's a unique, unique opportunity. opportunity gosh that one that one has made its way over here as well <laughs> Yeah, someone's got the someone's got that on the bingo card, haven't they? <laughs> uh, what else have we got? Rare. I mean, rare's fair. I think with this thing, I've, sure. I've not seen a great deal of them. Um, happy to happy with any export inquiries. So you know, if um, that'll probably interest somebody yeah, somewhere, bring, I guess. Bring it on over. <laughs> um, no logbook. There's nothing. What's a logbook? Uh, that is, I guess, what you'd call a pink slip. So it's our V5. Um, it's just the the kind of the document that proves that you own it, I guess, oh, which is like always slightly dodgy. But yeah. 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 Anything with no title just makes me very uninterested very quickly now. 
Yeah, but I mean, at least this is unlikely to have been stolen or something. Well, you'd have to be a certain kind of person to steal something like this, that's for sure. Yeah, uh, a lunatic. It's Yeah, you can definitely tell when you look closer that it's fiberglass and starting to deteriorate. Yeah, I'm liking the windscreen, which looks like it should be the back window of something else. It's the smallest window on the vehicle, which is hilarious. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty narrow, isn't it? Yeah. And then there's this little hatch for a hood. Yeah, I, I mean, I think the engine is beneath that, so might be good for some kind of maintenance, I guess. Took a nice wallop to the to the back quarter here. Yeah, and seems to have had some attempt to repair in the past. Oh, epoxy fixes everything. Yeah, oh, you use enough of it. Jeez, <laughs> this, uh, that I guess it's a, a three cylinder or a four cylinder. I think it's a four cylinder. I rely on. I think they actually made their own engines. So mm. really, I mean, maybe they didn't at this stage, but um, it's kind of yeah, just a tiny little four cylinder. And and as you'll note, quite far back in the chassis to try and stop it being massively unstable. Right, and it's it's there. It's next to your leg if you need to do a little carb tuning on the road. <laughs> Yeah, well, it it does look like the the kind of shroud for it is is sitting further back. Here. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure that fiberglass will protect you if anything goes wrong. Yeah, I mean, even if it explodes, I I doubt anything is going to be moving fast enough to cause any injury. I like the somebody made an effort at some point because it's got like brand new shiny spark plugs in it, but there's yeah. not even wires going to them. <laughs> That's no, as far it as will they need. Got some assembly i guess <laughs> nice wooden uh center dash there that is probably original but probably not the original piece of wood it's probably quite easy to to make your own isn't it i mean you just take that as a template and go down to your uh, local lumber store yeah I, or you could use carbon fiber i don't know something like that i think the floors are also plywood just by looking at it yeah, I'm not convinced they would support the weight of a seat. Mm -mm. I always thought about that with bugs, though. Like, anytime I've ever sat in a bug and I look at the floor and I go, that doesn't look like it would support a human. Especially when the, the floors are, are a layer of rust covered in fiberglass, as they so often yeah. are. Well, I guess, I suppose in this it's not structural, is it? So it is, all you need is just a basic flat thing to, to sit vaguely on top of. Who needs it? Look at this back, it's got seat. A back seat though. Yeah, that looks like very comfort, swankiness, and a spider web that uh, is giving me flashbacks to cleaning my garage. <laughs> yeah, I think there's probably a few things would need evicting from this before you did any work on it. Look at the tiny, tiny drive shaft, but this giant U joint on it. <laughs> well, you wouldn't want the massive torque snapping it, would you? Absolutely. Very interesting. Oh, yeah, there's the fourth cylinder hiding up there. There's the rest of it. Oof. That uh, air cleaner looks like it could do with changing. It's on there, and that is impressive. How often we see vehicles that don't have the air cleaner on them. If it's carbureted and it's, and it's a project that's for sale, nine times out of ten it won't have an air cleaner on it. Yeah. <laughs> see, this was the first thing... This. This is basically the reason I picked this car, because it reminded me of this instantly. Mm, mm -hmm. 
The uh, the emblem is actually pretty close too. I I remember seeing it on the front. Yeah, it's got these like yeah. little wing, which I don't even know the, if that's real or if that was something somebody I, popped on there. I genuinely don't know. And even the door handles as well, and like the general shape of it, like it's it's pretty close. Definitely some inspiration there. Like, put it in H was the first thing I thought of. <laughs> Kurt will appreciate that. <laughs> All right, that's uh, I'd say that's a. A worthy Ranwin Parker. I uh, I wouldn't touch that project with a very long stick, though. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's worthy for something. Maybe not for for sane human beings. Well, that's none of us. So maybe I'm wrong there. <laughs> Speaking of that, uh, mistakes are a category that that's kind of come become the my favorite part of it because that's kind of the general theme of how we got started. Is we were always you know looking for that that next thing that we probably couldn't afford shouldn't get but just might if we were the right level of insane so let's see what uh you've uncovered i think i mean i guess you guys have had some kind of xj on the uh I'm on sure, Roman I, part before i know we have but i couldn't tell you if it was anything like this <laughs> Well, this is this is a good example of how not a lot of money gets something which is pretty nice. Um, but as you will see from the uh, listing title, this has something slightly unusual about it. Mm -hmm. Is that because it's a XJ40 manual? Uh, yeah, I guess manuals aren't too common in these. I, I know they did them, but um, and I, I certainly don't know if the US got the manual version but we certainly did very uh, over a couple of generations rare. very rare to see jags at all that are manual over here yeah and, and this one is is pleasingly low spec um because it's also got cloth seats which i is is one of my is one of the hills i will die on i gotta write down all of these lingo terms pleasingly low spec <laughs> <laughs> poverty spec we like to call it poverty spec yeah I, that's yeah. That's not really a thing that has been a trend over here lately. It was in the 90s. Like, there was a mm. lot of... There was a time when you could buy a very minimally spec car. And those days seem to be over. Where even if you buy the base model of the cheapest economy car on the lot now, it's going to have power windows. It's going to have leather seats. It's going to have, you know, cruise control and... Uh, uh, you know, automatic climate control and lane assist and all this stuff. It seems like the days of of the stripper car are kind of over with, and nobody really seems to care. <laughs> it doesn't seem to be nah. a problem to people. It's a shame. I mean, I, well, maybe it's not a shame. Maybe cars are genuinely better now that they have equipment. But um, I love the idea that in 1989 somebody went into a Jaguar dealership yeah. and was like, "No, no, no! Right. I won't be having any of your equipment. I will be." driving out in the absolute base model with cloth seats and manual gearbox and all that sort of stuff. Which, to be fair, if you were going to get a Jag and you wanted to remove as much electronics from it as possible, you might be more sane than others. <laughs> yeah, that is a good point. I mean, yeah, fewer things to go wrong, I suppose. So this is... It seems quite like nice. A, like, a, like a, I don't know, like a BMW saloon kind of competitor. Yeah, so like... I suppose always pitched at the seven series. We kind of like five series and seven series somewhere between there. I think it's a nice shape. I don't. I don't know that I recognize this front end from anyone that we got over here, but it might just be that they're 
uncommon. Yeah, I think that's probably it. Like the generation after this went to the slightly curvier front end with the like little bumps in the bonnet over the over the headlights and all that sort of thing. Uh, there's still a surprising number of this shape around in the UK. Hmm. Someone snapped the jag off though, <laughs> which I imagine was a real problem for cars like this. Either people I, I don't know stealing like, them because or... this. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if that would have had. It, again, it's one of those things that people, unfortunately, they do with like X types and S types and all that sort of stuff as well as put the put the leaper back on, mm. um, and it always looks bloody awful. Um, <laughs> so I kind of don't mind when Jags don't have that on the on the hood. The back's got a, it's got a slope to it. Like it's like it, it just kind of trails off into nowhere. Yeah, it's like all the designer's pen slipped. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. For uh, for that amount of money, this is a lot of car. For one, like size-wise, it's a you know rear-wheel drive manual sedan. Well, interior, yeah, in, like a in nice shape. Three-liter straight-six or something in these. Yeah, this is this is not something you would find over here for this money. Not you you would probably find it either way, but <laughs> certainly not yeah. in this shape. Well, but, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, to be honest, in a, in a Jag, I don't think I would go for for a manual, but. Um, seeing this one appear it would be interesting wow i'm surprised to see it's a plastic injected manifold what yeah you, what year um, is this uh 89 this particular one i think oh that's that's pretty early for a plastic intake manifold yeah high-tech stuff from mm-hmm. from jaguar in the 80s i guess oh man look at look at these look yeah. at these dome lights on the headrests your, Illuminate your, your knees. Your favorite YouTuber would uh, just go nuts over that, wouldn't he? Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> He'd spend the entire video talking about them, wouldn't he? <laughs> just sitting there with the button on, off, on, off. And there's not one in the, there's not one in the headliner. <laughs> only yeah, the but you get, the... you get twice as many for the headrest ones. It's true. It's true. I've always liked me a wood wheel. Yeah. It kind of suits it, this because it's obviously an aftermarket one, but it, it doesn't look too out of place, I don't think. Yeah, it matches the rest of the wood in, inside of it. Wood in inverted commas. Yeah, well, do you really want real wood in your car anyway? <laughs> That's always been my question. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's nice. Not in, I'm not a big car person, and frankly, you don't seem like a big car person either, but it does seem like a nice cruiser like long drive kind of car yeah i think so i think yeah i'm not a not a big car person but the more small slightly tinny cars that i buy the more the idea of a big car appeals which is i think why my ebay watch list is full of like jags and lexuses and bmws at the moment (laughs) he's being converted (laughs) oh and i like this as well on the on the description ebay's uh, little kind of wall of shame at the bottom people were also interested in and it's a load of other really inadvisable purchases right i noticed that uh, ebay seems to be a little bit more popular for your car ads like here they don't do that kind of stuff where it's just an ad it has to be an auction style style thing or a buy it now style thing yeah yeah there's there's quite a lot it seems it it's probably one of the main places to kind of find cars now i guess hmm. yeah i've i've found a handful of stuff for the show on there but it's it's very hard to sort through like i mm. i've i've browsed ebay uk 
and it's set up completely different and much better, much easier to use. For some reason, they haven't decided to take into that market here. Yeah, I've I've noticed that when browsing the US version, like it's much more difficult to find just random cool stuff. Yeah, it's kind of just chaos and then companies that try to exploit it and then ruin the results for everything else. Yeah, dealers with like 800 photos. Yeah. All right, and the last core the last category that I uh ask for you to find is the mild finds because your mild might just be wild for us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's pretty mild by any by any metric. This one. That's not mild. It's kind of mild. That's not mild. It, it's it's. I think my heart rate went up when I saw it. <laughs> <laughs> That's because it's. It looks like the front half is identical to a brat. I mean, the front half is a brat, and it's round headlight, and it's got the four headlights. Yeah, I mean, I guess this is what a brat would be like if it was a proper car. I don't like the way you worded that, but <laughs> it is very brown. <laughs> it's very brown indeed, yeah. Um, it also seems kind of expensive. I know it's like this must be super rare. I can't imagine expensive. there are many in, in the UK. 20, yeah, I mean, it seems it. No. <laughs> yeah, but it's, it's also a bit of a shed, so... Four doors. The, the, the text is fantastic. I do like this. I have for sale a great Subaru custom project. Project. <laughs> uh, yeah. See, it does say the only one in the UK, so I can I can sort of see where the price is coming from. Uh, twin headlights, or or four headlights if you like, two on each side. Now, it's start and drive. Is it possible to know that? Like, can you actually determine whether this is the only one there? Yes, kind of. There's a website called How Many Left, um, uh, and it, uh, I, I think it basically skims registration data. So, and it will tell you how many are registered and how many are sawn, um, which is, I mentioned before. Um, so it'll tell you how many are on the road and how many basically are off the road. Boy, I would um, love something like that over here because there's there's really no information unless, like, some people with enthusiast attitudes toward cars, they. They try to track them, like, you know, how many of this car are remaining? You know, register your VIN. But there's no way to yeah. actually look that up, because that would be really fascinating to know. Yeah, I mean, it's not, as far as I'm aware, it's not super accurate, but it kind of gives you an idea. Because, I mean, the trouble is, I guess it happens in the States as well, but people don't always, when they're registering stuff, it's not always given the right name. So some stuff can appear in different categories, and everything gets a bit weird. But for something this obscure, I guess... It's probably close to being the only one in the UK. I like the smoke cloud. I guess it runs. Yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. I kind of I know it's interesting, but mildly so, I would say. It's. I mean, it it is a mild car. I will give you that. And I think I don't know about this one, but I think these are all front wheel drive too. I don't think you could get an all wheel drive sedan. I'm really not sure because this is yeah so so weird that I know very little about it other than the kind of vague relationship to a brat kurt had a coupe on the show very early on it was a gl coupe and i had no idea that those existed like i never would have dreamed that there was a coupe version of a brat basically but it was the same thing where the coupe was only available as a front-wheel drive version there was no all-wheel drive or four-wheel drive version and i don't see the twin sticks in this so i presume this uh, is the yeah. same 
But yeah, I guess neat. they... I mean, the thing is as well about kind of pre-mid-90s Japanese stuff in the UK is it's all pretty rare because there were import quotas until about that time. Mm. Um, so once... And, and, and people would basically import... The, the importers themselves would bring in the stuff that was most likely to sell. So anything even slightly offbeat just wouldn't be brought into the country. So, um, so like we had um, uh, Nissans and Datsuns in the in the seventies, but five uh, tens just absolutely nothing because I don't know the quota was so low that Bluebirds and five tens just never came in. So they are super expensive over here hmm. um, when when they appear, and and even stuff like old old nineteen eighties uh, Hondas and stuff not not very common at all. If they haven't rusted, they were even bought in the first place. I do have to bring up the fact that you've also found an ad that included one of your weird ramp trucks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of the kind of van-based ones. Yeah, I get people sending me these all the time, and they're like, we have ramp trucks all over the place. And I'm like, it's not the same. <laughs> you don't understand. I, I will concede they're not as cool as the ones that you have. <laughs> but it is interesting that they still seem to be in service over there, versus here... Ramp trucks have pretty much gone away. Tiltbacks are the the thing to have here, but I think that's because we have so much room, so much space. Like a, a rollback is huge. It's a big truck that you know to roll it back. You know you have to take a ton of space lengthwise, and I don't think you yeah. have that much room there to do things like that. No, um, and I suppose the cars themselves are probably smaller, so you're not having sure. to pick up kind of yeah. massive. You don't have to get carrying excursion and stuff and. Yeah, there's a couple of them there. Actually, this whole yard looks like looks like somebody that uh, is keen to make a mistake. <laughs> there's a yeah, we've got a two CV and like some I guess bug basically yeah, kit car buggy. there, and then there's some Volvo in the background. Yeah, the Volvo, and then you know the greatest mistake of all back there, and... the daily driver, <laughs> <laughs> the one that works. Yeah, this is uh, uh, this might be like. UK version of ZK here, <laughs> just judging by <laughs> judging by the yard. I, yeah, I'll, I'll I let you be off the hook on it being mild, just because it is, for most people, a very boring looking car too. <laughs> like there's there's nothing performance about it. This was as uh, as far as Subaru was concerned, this was like basic car, like. Okay, make a car. Okay, we made a car. Here you go. Yeah. This was their Corolla. I, yeah. I kind of forgot that... Uh, yeah, but I, I kind of interpret this as being mild, but I forgot each of you three would have a heart attack over something like this. So. Exactly, yeah. We're just a little messed in the head. I mean, the problem is this <laughs> stuff rusts so bad over here that even if it was over here, it's getting absolutely impossible to find them. Yeah. Well, you know, if you need me to pick it up and put it on a boat <laughs> <laughs> i probably can't afford the shipping so if you could just put it on a boat and give it a good shove maybe someday we'll make its way here uh only the rubber parts will make their way here though the uh the salt water will take care of the rest yeah you might get the grill out of it <laughs> that's what i really want to be honest <laughs> if i could find one of these and just lop the nose off of it to put on a brat i'd be set all right there is our tour of uh, UK ads, and not dramatically different, but certainly the pricing scale has been the most uh, interesting thing that I wasn't prepared for. I wasn't prepared for your ability to find cheap things, basically. 
Yeah, everything's pretty affordable, um, unless it has certain badges, and then it's ridiculously expensive. But I think that's the same anywhere. Yeah, there's there's a bit of that happening over here, but it's, I don't know, is the nostalgia kick happening over there, where it seems like these random cars that nobody cared about are suddenly expensive? Yeah, although it's for stuff, completely different stuff, I guess, because in the UK, the, the, the weird nostalgia kick is mainly for Fords and Vauxhalls. Uh, and obviously Fords of the sort that you never really got over there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, because they were the, the, you know, Ford and Vauxhall by far have the most sales of anything in the UK and always have done. So those are the cars that people remember from when they were growing up. And so anything vaguely sporty, but even stuff that isn't that sporty can be pretty expensive. Yeah, that seems to be the way it's going pretty much everywhere is. Just like it happened for, you know, the previous generations before us, it wasn't so much about whether the cards were good or not. It's just the cars you remember from when you were younger. So yeah. all those cars that, as we were kids, were like, these will never be anything to anybody are suddenly something to somebody. And uh, it's it's kind of fun to watch that happen. Yeah, and also frustrating if one of the cars happens to be something you really wanted and is now massively expensive. That is very true. <laughs> All right, well, I've I've gone on much longer than I expected, as I always do. But thank you for uh, for joining, and thanks for doing some car spotting for us. Perhaps we'll have you on again, because I'm sure there's plenty more to be had over there. Oh, yes. Yeah, thank you. All right, and uh, good luck in uh, pursuing your, your futures in automotive journalism. And uh, when you make it big and one of those companies happens to produce videos, uh, remember us. <laughs> I'm sure I will. You'll all be guests on my incredibly successful show. I look forward to it. All right. (laughs)